Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Letter for the King After Show. We're talking season one, episode six, When the Blood Moon Rises, and it's the finale. We made it all the way here, six episodes later, and there is so much to talk about. We are going to be breaking down every single thing that happened in this episode, as well as our special segment, The Greatest Battles in History, and some fun news and gossip. We also have, oh, not for prediction, because that's it. Well, we can predict if maybe we're going to get that season two. You never know. I'm your host and moderator, Brian Santos, and I will not be able to do this without my amazing panel with me. First up, we have Tori Weaver, who is our resident Game of Thrones fan and lover of the kingdoms. Hey, girl. Hey, super excited to be here for the finale episode. I can finally say that I have another kingdom under my belt to love. Yes. All right. We also have Benjamin Schnapp joining us, who's lived in Europe and giving us that European perspective. Hey, Ben. Oh, hey. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me again. And uh, I have a lot to say about this episode, but not always good stuff, guys. I have to tell you already. <laughs> that is so funny me and Tori talked about that before we went live we're gonna get into this crazy episode again I'm Brian Santos I love kings and queens because I'm a queen myself and I can't wait to talk about this with you all all right Ben tell me about it tell me overall thoughts on this episode oh man I don't know where to start I mean it started quite nice I like the beginning I really liked you know like having them all together and just trying to make it work right getting into the castle and everything that was great but I want to talk about the ending very quickly because honestly, guys, I don't know how you felt, but I expected a little bit more than that. I was a little disappointed, to be honest, right? I like the whole special effects scenario with the darkness out of a sudden everything. So how Prince Brilliant changed into this dark figure. I like that. But I feel like the battle and how it turns out and how they made it work, that wasn't enough for me. So maybe I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, what did you guys feel? I don't know. There, there had to be more action. I expected more action or something, you know? Tori, what do you think? Yeah, I have to agree. I honestly feel like the way the battle was portrayed in like the prophecy graphics in the episode prior was a little bit more entertaining than the actual battle that happened in the finale. So I have to agree exactly. with Benjamin on this one. I think I think we just, we all expected a little bit more. I mean, we've been talking about this for five episodes and we're leading up to the sixth one and we wanted this huge battle and we didn't really get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I, so my thing on this is I'm kind of, a, I agree and disagree because I agree that it kind of left more to be desired, but that same token, I did like what they were trying to do of this whole like you know, with these little medieval shows and these magical shows, we see this epic battle of like sword fighting and throwing magic and throwing all this out of the other at each other, everything but the kitchen sink. And I feel like they tried to do a more like tame route. I think it could have been executed a little bit better like you guys are talking about with just something a little bit more. It's hard to put my finger on it. What could have helped that scene, that final battle scene? Um, but like I said, I like the concept of this not really epic, crazy battle, but it could have been delivered a little bit better. So we'll get into that all the way in the end of the episode. 
Yeah, I mean, what I just wanted to dub, what I was just wanted to add to that very quickly is I feel like I feel the way they should have done it is that Prince Viridian is not giving up that quickly because I mm -hmm. feel like the ending was too soon. I, I felt like, wow, if he's so powerful right now, there has to be more that he can show us right now in order to defeat Lavinia and Turi right now on the spot. So, you know, that was my feeling. There, there could have been more on his side, I feel. Yeah, I agree. Tori, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I think we kind of saw how he was gearing, drawing in all this power. And so I definitely thought at the end, it would be a much bigger fight, um, yeah. I guess, to put into words. I just thought, like Benjamin said, I thought it would be a little bit more impactful. I thought he was going to have like a, a better game plan. I don't know. I was just expecting something else because, I mean, um, Thierry and Lavinia didn't really bring in other sources to their power. They only had what they had. And to see him mm -hmm. go on this long journey to draw in all the power that he possibly could, it was kind of weird to just see him, I guess, go out just like that. I know. Definitely. Okay, we'll talk about it in the end, but since we're already on the topic of Viridian, let's talk about the opening scene. One of the opening scenes, basically King Fabian talking to Iridian. He's telling him like, hey, your brother actually really does love you. You know, he tells him this great heartfelt story about the two of them and their relationship growing up. The reason I bring this up is because I thought it was super interesting to see this side of Viridian because we haven't really seen anything from him yet that shows that kind of humanist or that opposite side of him. I thought this was really great because it showed that he wasn't always evil. I don't know. What do you guys think? Tori, what are you thinking about that? Um, yeah, that was definitely just providing more context to the relationship. I feel like like we've been discussing in a lot of the episodes, we had these little tidbits of conversations where we kind of piece everything together. So I think it was just kind of providing more of a backstory to their relationship. We didn't really, we haven't really seen them interact until this episode, I believe, when we actually get to mm -hmm. see them, you know, the two brothers standing side by side. So it was interesting to see the relationship that they had growing up and kind of how they got to this point. Definitely, yeah. Ben, how about you? I mean, I just, I'm just trying to put myself into their shoes, right? I mean, they're both princes, by the way. So they're both kind of, kind of defeating against each other a little bit even that they're brothers right i think one of every one of them wants to be better than the other one so i feel like that's also the like very hard to position to be in right and i just feel like for prince radian i think he just wants to be the most powerful person on the planet and he doesn't even care about family anymore at some point but i think no one is born like that right so i think there must have been something which triggered his behavior at the end mm -hmm. and i'm really still and i wanted to see even why he became that person he was yes. or he is never really get an idea why right so that they left that quite open so maybe second season question mark all right yes <laughs> i think so too what i thought was interesting in this episode what i kind of i guess put together i hope i'm right in this but i always thought viridian was older even though he looked much younger um but i think they kind of revealed that viridian is younger because i think that what king fabian was talking about was basically iridian going out on these battles and trying to become the next king and viridian was always trying to keep him and have that brotherly moment you know um yeah so I thought that was interesting to see, to see that Viridian was actually younger when I, they kind of portrayed him as this big brother. That's usually how I see it. That's why these these medieval magical shows with that big brother, crown prince, usually the one that's like gonna, gonna inherit the power. But it was interesting to see that. So that was definitely right. one of Viridian's first big moments in the episode. After that, we move into the novices. So we have this really interesting moment with the novices. And I thought this was so great between Giuseppe and Faldo. Um, Foldo acknowledges the gravity of this situation you're in. Basically, he says, this is all going down. Our parents don't know their lives are in danger. And the only one that can save them is us. 
Now, Tori, I want to get your opinion on this because you mentioned this before, how the kids are basically going through these adult situations um, and all this craziness and they're just kids. So what did you think of this moment? I definitely think, um, like you said, it was just one of those moments where they're able to realize we could not be here tomorrow. You know, this could all end really bad. And I think um, we don't really get to see, especially Giuseppe kind of understand the weight. I mean, we know that he understands it. You know, he's here defending his brother and his family and everyone else involved, but he's always kind of the comic relief. He's the one that's playing the music and stuff like that. So it was interesting to kind of understand how he's able to cope with it. I mean, everybody is kind of made fun of the fact that all he does is ride on the horse and play the guitar or ukulele or whatever it is, but it's like, that's how he's coping. You know, that's how he's kind of trying to make peace with, we might not, tomorrow's not promised. We might not be here. My brother might not be here. My friends might not be here. My family might not be here. And it was just interesting to kind of dive into that dynamic and just kind of pick his brain on that. Absolutely. Ben, how about you? What do you think? Right. I feel like it was a very interesting moment because he basically opened up, right? I mean, he basically told him and was honest to him and telling him, hey, I'm basically the guy who has to basically yeah respect you for what you did right so he basically acknowledged that he is the brave guy i'm talking about Turi and armin right now this relationship so uh that's the one you talked about right i just want to make sure i'm on the right spot here no uh foldo and Giuseppe. oh okay oh so my my bad oh my god of course They're that next. Was a <laughs> sorry i thought i totally i was like okay hopefully i'm talking about the right one. that was very interesting to me especially the relationship that they have was completely unexpected to me, but yes. totally right. <laughs> I mean, I was like, wait a minute. Okay, that was so nice to see. But I mean, come on, guys. Did you expect that? I was completely. No, I was like, so I that's was surprised, funny. But in a very positive way, I was like, okay. Well, right. Okay, so wow. I was I was thinking about that question of like the more asking about when they were talking about this moment of we're the ones taking care of everything right but literally I was writing down these notes about my questions and everything two seconds later I look at my screen and full and Josefo goes what, do, what would you do if there was no tomorrow and then Foldo kisses him and I was like what the hell where did that come from it <laughs> right, was so right, right, right. crazy and I was like Jonah Lee's didn't even give us an inkling that we're gonna get this LGBT representation up in here <laughs> but I loved it it was very very interesting that's that's so interesting. No, yeah. I, I thought about I thought I thought about Jonah too when when they when they did it. I was like, wow, he didn't give us any clue about it, which was kind of. I mean, I I get it, right? Obviously, he didn't want to spoil it, but um, I think I think that's great to see that like even creators of these kind of shows are becoming more open to talk mm -hmm. about any kind of topics, right? Which is very real for all of us right now in the world we live in, right? Just because this plays back in time doesn't mean that we didn't have these relationships before already. So I think yes. that was great to see that the creator said, hey, you know what? We're going to write that into the script because that can happen, obviously. Uh, and I really liked seeing that. That was great. Sorry, how about you? Yeah, no, I was... it. It caught me off guard too, but like in a pleasant <laughs> way, I was happy to see it. Like you said, I mean, we can't just, I, it is the responsibility of writers to, you know, take that responsibility and say, hey, like this isn't something that just developed in 2020. You know, like Benjamin said, just because we're now open to them didn't mean that these relationships didn't exist. And I'm glad they're writing them into history because they haven't been before. Now, the only thing after I was happy, you know, this was on the TV, I was like, it's a lot of kissing going on and nobody's practicing. Because we have a bad 
And I feel like we need to be, you know, getting a little bit extra practice, a little bit extra rehearsal, but nonetheless, it was still fine. (laughs) (laughs) I did agree. They were a little bit wallowing in their sadness and kissing, and they should have been preparing for this epic battle. But I guess it wasn't an epic battle because none of them were involved, but we'll get to that a little bit later. So um, after this kiss, we'll kind of talk about what, Ben, what you were bringing up with Tyrion Armin. So I don't know about you guys, but Armin has just been irritating me this whole season. Literally, like, he is all up in his ego. He's, like, thinks he's God's gift tonight. And I love this moment so much because it was such a humbling moment for him when he realized he's, like, I, you know, I need Tiri and I need everyone's help. It's not just me. I'm not just, like, this badass knight that can do it on my own. And it was really great, especially, like, just the scene itself of, when the music crescendo and he's like, we're knights, we're going to do this. So I love that so much. Ben, what did you think about that? Yeah, I felt like that was a very special moment. I, and I really enjoyed that moment because I think Armin, he came to a realization that his dad is actually a bad guy. He's actually a liar. He is a liar. And I feel like he was, I feel like Armin was even kind of proud about that, about his dad in the past. So I think he kind of, even liked him for that or loved his dad for being who he is. But I think at the end of the day, having all this experience with the group of people that he's like fighting for, fighting with right now, he's realizing that his dad is actually on the other side. I think his dad and all the people working for his dad actually working against his own son in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, but obviously he didn't tell him that. But I think that was great to see that Armand like acknowledged Thierry's behavior back in the chapel, remember when he was the only one getting up and getting to the front door, opening the door and helping this old guy and the Black Knight. So I think he realized even that he's maybe not physically the strongest, mentally, he's far ahead than anyone else in this group of people. So I love this moment. That was a very good moment because it's hard to be, it's hard to be true about yourself or other people sometimes, right? And really see the truth, even, even if it says that someone is stronger or better than you or in any way or you know has something specific that you don't have to be like honest to yourself about it is not easy for people and I think he did that definitely Tori how about you yeah no definitely I think that was a turning point for so many reasons I mean like Benjamin said for the entire series you've seen him idolize his dad for numerous reasons just wanting to follow in his footsteps and I think that's kind of the reason why he even took this journey in the first place because he wanted to you know bring his father even more glory but I think in this moment like Benjamin said he realized that just because you have the glory doesn't mean that you're always on the right side of history and so it was a really good turning point because we got to see his character development in this moment he made those decisions for himself I mean it kind of seemed like his this vision of his dad was the thing that was guiding his decision making and what he wanted to do. And for the first time, he kind of made a decision based on what he wanted to do. And it was nice. And then also in the same breath, also reassuring Terry, because when we left off at the end of season five, I think we were all kind of questioning, okay, wait, is Terry actually the real hero that we thought he was? You know, Mm -hmm. is he the one that's actually going to save him? And I think we were all kind of having that doubt. And I think it was so nice that he was able to be reassured that no matter what happens, you play just as much of a part in this as we thought, you know, like you are still a vital, you're still a vital part in this journey. You're still worth it. You're still very amazing because of these things, whether you realize it or not. So it was just a beautiful moment all around. Definitely. So let's talk about Prince Viridian again. So we move into Prince Viridian and I think the writers of this show are just, you know, giving the gays what they want because first we get that, <laughs> first we get that moment between 12, Soldo and Josippo. 
Then we get Prince Viridian. He looks so good. I'm ready to say thank you next to Queen Alianor and break up with your girlfriend I'm bored by Ariana Grande. Anyways, let me put my thirst away <laughs> to talk about this little moment. But I thought it was so interesting when basically Jabrut comes through. He's like holding the knife. Obviously, first of all, it's stupid because the mirror is right there. He literally can see you about to kill him. Such foolishness. I don't understand. And what I want to talk to you guys about in this moment is more so Viridian's mercy. He basically showed Jabrut mercy because he turned around and he said he saw him, saw him try to kill him and he spared him. So Tori, what do you think about him showing mercy? Um, honestly, it, it's just confusing. Um, I'm because I was still I'm still trying to figure out his motive. You know, in the last episode, I said I'm not really sure where his head is at. It really seems like he believes. Now, of course, we know that villains always think that they're right for their own reasons. They think they're right because they deserve the power or the revenge. But it seemed like he really thinks that this is better for not just him but everyone. And I'm just confused. I mean, do you want to kill everyone? Do you not want to kill everyone? Do you? want to sacrifice yourself or some people spare but some people aren't I was just I don't I didn't really know what to make of that honestly but I mean it was nice because he did recognize you know you have served me even though it's probably gone against your better judgment every single time and it was nice to I guess see that human moment um in him in that tent I guess I'm not sure I'm still trying to piece some <laughs> together even though the show is over so yeah it was kind of crazy to watch Ben how about you uh, yeah, I mean, that was also a very interesting moment because the first feeling I had, I mean, maybe maybe that's a little too extreme to think, especially with his character, but when he turns around and he looks into his eyes, I had the feeling that he's going to kiss him now too. <laughs> I mean, guys, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, so did I. Was you, right? you, I, I was like, oh, we're going to get that. two gay kisses. I'm not I, here for this. <laughs> I thought I, for some reason when I looked into his eyes and sometimes eyes tell you more than a thousand words as we know right yeah. <laughs> the way how he was looking at him I said come on really you're gonna kiss this guy now are you for real and, and he didn't but it looked like it for some reason I mean honestly or maybe I'm crazy but anyway it looked <laughs> like that I was like okay all right why not right I mean I saw everything happen already why not but then what he did is that he basically acknowledged his service to him. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, hey, you know what? He just still needs him for something right now. I think that's the main reason I felt at the end why he's not killing him on the spot. Because as we know, he can kill people on the spot just like that without any eye blink or whatever. He just does it. Mm -hmm. And I think he would have done it with him too. But I think that even that he knows that he hates him so much, and he said that, I know you hate me from the beginning you worked for me. But hey... At the end of the day, you also like working for me and we, we're such a good team. And I think he appreciates that still, that he serves him in a good way and still needs that service from him. That's the only reason why he kept him alive. That's what I see. For sure. But I would appreciate that kiss. And <laughs> so would I. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Iona real, real quick. So we get into the moment where they're going through the castle and she finds the novices. She comes back from the Red Knight. She finds the novices and she saves them, which was definitely really surprising. But it was just such a like roller coaster of emotions in that moment because she saved them. Then she started crying. First of all, her acting was amazing. She was literally crying. I believe every single second of what she was saying. And then Fury's <laughs> foolishness one more time goes in to hug her and she snatches the letter out of his hand. Tori, tell me about this. You talk about how he's too trusting. What do you think? Yeah, it just proved me right is the moment that okay this might be the libra grudge holder in me but the minute that she came back around 
with those tears, girl, I would have left her where she stood. I was like, I do not want her. Like, we are all trying to figure out what is going on. So I'm not taking this like, I just, woe is me. I don't know what I, I was doing. I didn't believe her from the beginning. I, well, I don't know if I believed her, if I just didn't care. Because yeah, I, right. for a second, I did believe that she was sorry, but I still wasn't going to take her side. I was like, you can be sorry right. and you can stand right there. So, <laughs> so he was, was like, so get out of my way, bitch. <laughs> No, seriously, like, just please, you can be sorry and we can pick this back up. We have things to do. Like, you are just slowing us down at this point. So I was right. so mad when Terry came and gave her a hug because we don't have time for hugs. We have wasted enough time. You can do right. hugs yeah. later. <laughs> ben, how about you? Wow, Tori, you are brutal. You got this. All <laughs> right. No, but the thing is, um, she got me. I have, I really have to be honest to you guys. She got me. I believed her. I was like, oh, wow. Because, I mean, her acting, as you said, Brian, was on the spot. I really love that scene. That's not really easy to pull off on screen. That's really tough. So she did that very well. Uh, I believed it. And then the turning point, I was like, wait a minute. What a biatch, right? <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, honestly, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like this relationship that she has with this guy, with the with the bad guy, what's his name again? With the beard who comes to the screen. Chara. Yeah. Chara. The yeah, Red exactly. Knight. I mean, this kind of relationship that these two have is a little weird to me. I don't know. That doesn't, mm -hmm. for some reason, maybe that's just me, maybe because of their different appearances or whatever. She's still a kid and he's this old, grown-up, mature man, like evil guy for so long. And out of a sudden, they become like a team and bundle and, and just go against them. That was a little yeah. off to me personally, I have to say. Um, but the way he she played it out and made them really convincing that or convinced that she's now really part of that team again was really brilliant. I, I like that scene. Uh, but That's now brilliant. I don't like her anymore. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> Well, I don't like her for so many reasons, but more than anything, because that all led to Gisippo's untimely death. Oh my gosh, I'm ready to cry already. So, Journalese, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, was crazy, I was thinking right? about him. I was thinking about him. I was like, damn. I was shook. So we see this crazy fight scene. Basically, everything is happening. And then Piak is there. Uh, Giuseppe was trying to defend his little brother. He steps in front of him and he gets stabbed. I was like, no, not only did he sacrifice his brother, but then when Foldo jumped in and he was like, Giuseppe, I was like, oh my gosh, they literally just kissed like five minutes ago, but I feel their relationship already. <laughs> like it was so right. crazy. But we see in the end that of course Giuseppe dies. So tell me you guys how you're feeling about Giuseppe's death. Tori, what do you think? Oh, I... I knew that everyone staying alive was too good to be true. I did. I knew it in the back of my head, but I still felt his death. Like I did not want it to be him. I mean, I didn't want it to be any of them, but I definitely didn't want it to be him. Maybe because he was on our show, so I might be a little biased, <laughs> but it was just so sad to watch. And we, we were talking about the dynamic between him and his little brother and how he has so much more to fight for because now his little brother was there. And so it was just... Uh, I just felt like we spoke it into existence and I knew there would be a time where he had to, you know, he had to defend his brother. I didn't know if it was going to result in death. Unfortunately, it did. But it was, it was so, it was just heartbreaking to watch. But in the end, when his brother does, you know, get knighted and becomes the youngest knight of the kingdom, it was nice. It was nice because he, I feel like his brother will now, you know, have an even deeper understanding of what it took to get to that point. So it, he will be missed. Yeah. <laughs> for sure Ben what about you yeah I, I was just I was thinking from a storytelling perspective I was very surprised that they took his character 
I didn't expect that because he was, as I also mentioned on the show when we had Jonah with us, that he's this kind of comedic part, right? Who always lightens up a scene or a scenario and makes it a little easier for everyone singing a song and playing ukulele and all that kind of stuff. And I felt there was a lot more storyline about him that I would like that would, that I would have liked to see, you know, about him and his past and what he went through. So that they took him was interesting because I, if someone would have died, I would have expected him. I would expected the um, the guy he's kissing. Um, what's his name again? I'm so bad with names. Foldo. 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 Exactly. Sorry, my bad. I expected him to go. Actually, if you ask me, because he was one of the characters. He was nice to watch, but I think he didn't really bring a lot to the storyline. Sure overall you know you didn't really see much yeah. of him or had a lot of dialogue or whatever but you know Giuseppe was always there in a way he was almost in every scene he played a guitar he had always something to say so I was actually really surprised I 100% agree and when you mentioned that point Ben that's so true that there were other characters um, that so much drove this whole story Iona did so much for the story uh, so did yeah. Armin I low-key wanted Armin to be killed because he still gave me all these irritating vibes um, but <laughs> I think there was so many other options to kill than Giuseppe because poor boy literally sacrificed himself for his brother and that was just so so hard to watch um but yeah he will definitely be missed of course this is like a magical themed uh, medieval story so we hope there's a chance for him to somehow come back to life or even just show cameos um in like a flashback moment we'll see but hopefully we get that season two like we said and we'll see more development with all these characters um Jonah we believe in you you're gonna be bad Jonah okay you're watching <laughs> yes all right so before we go let's just talk about the last last thing that happens in the episode we talked about a little bit of the knighting so that's how the entire episode and the season ends of basically this knighting queen alianor and i'm hoping that her and iridian are now together and it's they're living happily ever after um but she knights all of them and they kind of just have this send-off moment we're on wrapped up in a little bow happily ever after and then we see these birds flying I don't know what that was. I think it could be Viridian. Still, his essence is in the air. You never know. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, very interesting point. I, I thought about that too. And, you know, I, I feel from also what I read online, right, when I'm talking about the news and everything and the reactions from people, I think the show was very well received at the end. I think some people had like a, a hard start at the very beginning because there was so much comparison between these different shows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Game of Thrones and, and all these kind of shows, medieval shows. So I have a feeling that they did that on purpose to leave it quite open for a second season, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I feel like if they do a second season, I cannot imagine that they don't bring Prince Viridian back somehow. You know, yeah. I think he... He's still a big part of that show, especially for the second season, because he's the antagonist, obviously, but we still don't know enough about him. I think he definitely deserves more storyline in the future if they come up with the second season. So that's that's my prediction, like a foreshadowing maybe of him coming back in seasons, uh, second season. Definitely. Tori, how about you? Yeah, definitely. I thought it either tied in with um, Viridian or even Tyrion's powers, because I know at the end, I mean, we had all this anticipation and all this buildup of his powers, but in the end, they weren't really what saved us or them Mm -hmm. in the end. So I think there's so much to learn about his powers still, because I mean, the birds were there in the beginning when we first learned about his powers, when we were first introduced to his character. 
So I think it just kind of shows that there's so much more to his backstory. We don't really know much about his dad, which is who he gets his powers from. Um, we don't really know much about his mom because we she just popped up after being gone in episode two. So I think there's just much more to uncover and learn about Tyrion and his powers. And as he grows control over them, I think we'll learn a little bit more. By the way, guys, just very quickly, because I read a lot about the, the show and some news articles and what people think about the show. And some people even say now that they've seen that Lavinia even has these superpowers that Tyrion actually doesn't have any powers. He does not mm, have powers. Mm. He just has something when he's close to Lavinia because she has the power. And she oh, gives him that makes sense. Gives part of her powers to him in certain situations so that he can react to certain things and she doesn't have to. Interesting theory, if you ask me. So That is saying. definitely interesting. We didn't really talk about it because we talked about it at the top of the show, but the ending of, is, of course, Lavinia being the one to defeat um, Viridian. So that's definitely interesting dynamic that maybe that is true because Tyrion didn't do anything. He even <laughs> got swallowed up by the darkness, you know? So he didn't help her in at any way, shape or form. And we kind of predicted that they were going to collab. I mean, that's what I predicted that they were going to collaborate to take down Viridian. But basically, poor girl, I mean, we love the strong feminist vibes, but she took down Viridian all on her own. Um, so I think that's definitely an interesting dynamic that you bring up that she could basically be, be the one with all the power and she's so in control of it that she can share it too. So. Hopefully we get the second season and we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Be because think about it. I just wanted to point that out. Do you remember that one episode when we have this crazy guy trying to take the power from Tyri? Mm -hmm. And he's trying to burn him alive and stuff like that. Even then, when she's standing outside watching him almost dying, she is still so close to him that I feel like that she's telling him, okay, use your powers. But while she's saying that to him, she's basically just giving parts of her powers to him in that moment yeah. to free himself. That's just something I can't see that. So every time when we see him using these powers, she's always close to him for some reason. For sure. That is just crazy. Well, Sorry, just a side note. Yes, I love that. Well, that's basically it, guys. That's the recap of the episode. And that was our season, Letter for the King. It was such an amazing season. And before we go, we're going to do some fun special segments as well as news, news and gossip for you. So let's start with our special segment. So it's the greatest battles in history because this show has some great battles, even though we kind of disagreed this episode, but we'll save that for another after show. Uh, so Tori, take it away, girl. Yes. So I tried to find a battle that kind of ties everything in together. So just, you know, bear with me. So today's battle is the Battle of Blenheim of 1704. Now, this was actually the major, this was part of the War of the Spanish Succession. And what made it so important was that it was the first major defeat that the French suffered from in 50 years. So that was a big thing. And I know from the special segments that we had, you guys know that the French was a big powerhouse. And the thing that made this battle successful for their counterparts was because of the alliance that they had. And I know in this show, a lot of things that have worked in the, in the character's favor is because of alliances. And this was the allied victory between the Duke of Marlborough and Eugene of Savoy. And also another fun fact, which also ties us all in together, when they won the battle, when Mar uh, the Duke of Marlborough and Eugene of Savoy won the, won the battle, the Duke of Marlborough actually wrote a letter to his wife to give to Queen Anne so it was like a letter for the queen. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> to to relay that. the message that they had won this battle. So I thought that just kind of brought it all together. They had some um, some allies. They had some, you know, underdogs in there. And they also had a letter to royalty. So I thought this was the perfect battle to end the, the series finale with. 
I love that. Thank you so much for that. That was so fun. Letter for the Queen. That is going to be season two. (laughs) That's so awesome. I could definitely see that. Thank you so much, Tori. All right, now we're going to move into some fun news and gossip for hopefully a second season. Ben, take it away. Yeah, so what I just wanted to talk a little bit about is, and I have a very interesting picture of how a great producer, Ryan, can pull that up. I think he does that right now. Thank you, Ryan, as always. We love you. Um, It's a very interesting picture about basically, yeah, you can see it probably right now. Uh, Yeah, almost. So we basically have a picture uh, because I did some research on you, uh, Ruby uh, Serkis, right? As we know, her dad is a very well-known actor for many years already, Andy Serkis, right, from the UK. Um, And we basically see that picture right now, which is a picture from 2012. Um, And this is the movie, The Hobbit. You guys probably remember The Hobbit, right? The movie, Mm -hmm. The Hobbit. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is that was Ruby's first show, actually, as an extra. So she didn't even have a role. But look at her. She's, if you ask me, if I see correctly, she's the left one, the tall one, I think. I was always like, because they didn't really say it online, who she is on that picture. So I believe she's the, the, the tall one on the left side or the very little one on the right side. So what do you guys think? Um, you know, but that's just something I wanted to point out how she had her start, even as an extra. I mean, think about that. She's coming from a very, like, acting family. Andy Serkis, so, like, they're very well known, but she even started as an extra on The Hobbit, making herself a name, and then basically now, eight years later, she's playing one of the lead roles in a Netflix show. So I think that's yeah. really nice to see that even someone like her coming from this kind of family also kind of works her way up as an extra and then step-by-step getting bigger roles. So, and I think that was very nice to see for people like us that there's always a possibility, right? Nothing is impossible. Definitely. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Ben. That was such a fun segment. And that is pretty much it, guys. That is our show. That is our recap. And that is the Letter for the King After Show. We are so, so, so hoping that we're going to get a second season. Netflix, we are talking to you. And fingers crossed for that. (laughs) Um, So before we go, Tori, where can people find you on social media? Of course, you can find me on Instagram at Toxic Model and Twitter at Tori with two E's. And you can actually catch me and Bryant tomorrow at 8 o'clock for the Mother Fort Salem after show. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Ben, how about you? By the way, Tori, still love the toxic model one. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was great. Keep that for life. Uh, yeah, you can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Benjamin Schnau, S-C-H-N-A-U, guys. Awesome. And I'm Brian Saunders. You can find me at the Brian Saunders on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, as well as some fun after shows I'm doing, Katie Key, Motherland Fort Salem. By the way, we have an amazing guest tomorrow. Um, so I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to tease it. You have to tune in to find out who it is. Um, Friday Night Smackdown and Women's Wrestling Weekly but also check out an amazing thing we're doing here at AfterBuzz TV called Quarantine with the Stars we're interviewing some of Hollywood's best and brightest about what they're doing during quarantine so check that out, check out all our after shows watch Letter for the King if you haven't done so already rewatch it, I don't know, I'll probably do that one time in this quarantine but thank you guys so much for watching, it's been amazing thank you, stay safe and have a good one bye Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.